Welcome, market participants, to another three things in credit. I'm Van Hesser, Chief Strategist at KBRA. Each week, we bring you three things impacting credit markets that we think you should know about. This week brings, well, a new world order. It takes a lot to bump the pandemic and the Fed off the front page, but Putin has managed to do just that. All right, let's get started. This week, our three things are, one, Russia. Representing less than 2% of the world's economy, it's an important part of a new world order. Two, normalization and the risks to credit. We've written an extensive research piece of what that means. We'll give you the highlights. And three, falling cyclicals. It doesn't square up with macro views of economic growth prospects. We'll explore. All right, let's dig a bit deeper. Russia's invasion in credit. In our piece out this week, Normalization and the Risks to Credit, which we will speak to in a moment, one of the risk factors we highlighted was heightened geopolitical risk. Specifically, with regard to Russia and its designs on Ukraine, and possibly beyond, we noted that the range of scenarios was unusually broad, running the full gamut of economically disruptive outcomes. Now we have greater clarity on Putin's immediate goal, to demilitarize Ukraine and replace its leaders. But that only increases the likelihood of more negative tail events in the future. At a minimum, we expect the invasion will accelerate already prevalent economic headwinds of slowing growth and rising inflation, which will continue to lean on consumer, commercial, and investor confidence and risk-taking sentiment. And that, in turn, will ratchet up a bit more the likelihood of recession over the next 12 to 24 months as it climbs off of very low levels reached in 2021. Meanwhile, uncertainty has hardly gone away. What will the response be from the West? What impact will sanctions have on global and regional economies? What role will China assume? How has this changed central bank playbooks for tightening financial conditions? What is Putin's longer-term objective? And for context, Russia and Ukraine represent just 2% of the global economy. But Russia is the world's largest exporter of wheat and fertilizer, the second largest exporter of crude oil, and the third largest of coal. Sanctions are likely to disrupt those trade flows, exacerbating inflationary trends, and acting as a tax on consumption of key commodities. Importantly, ejecting Russia from the SWIFT international payment system was not part of the West's response, nor was crackdowns on Russian energy exports. As for central banks, the period of peak hawkishness may have passed, given the uncertainty now surrounding global demand. As for Putin's longer-term objective, the idea that the buildup of forces at the Ukrainian border was simply posturing to extract concessions from the West have proven otherwise. Looking ahead, Russia's invasion reminds us that a new world order is emerging, one with an emboldened China and a Russia determined to test the NATO alliance a world where balance of power risks have clearly not been tamed, even though the post-Cold War period of relative calm may have suggested otherwise. From an economic perspective and drawing upon market reaction to past geopolitical events, much of this feels priced in, based on what we do know today and given the recent spread widening that has seen investment-grade spreads widen out from 93 basis points at year-end to 121 basis points today. The 10-year average, by the way, is 133 basis points and high-yield spreads have widened from 283 basis points to 359 today, 
the 10-year average there, 455 basis points. Still, given the uncertainty, we would expect volatility to remain elevated, risk aversion to strengthen, investor preference for liquidity to build, and expect the U.S. to assume its usual place as a safe haven. Safe to say, this story has a lot to play out. All right, on to our second thing, normalization and the risks to credit. So we took a step back from our screens this week and thought about normalization. What happens when we go about our business with COVID-19 having reached the endemic stage? By the way, for what it's worth, we notice that J.P. Morgan Chase Global Research is using this, and then some, as its base case. The end of the pandemic completely, said co-head Marco Kalanovic in an interview this week. In any event, we are past the pandemic from two very important perspectives extraordinary fiscal and monetary accommodation. And that is ushering in what we have called the great deceleration. We've written a research paper outlining our thoughts for what's ahead entitled Normalization and the Risks to Credit. In it, we take stock of the health of the U.S. consumer and businesses and lay out risks both are facing that could materially affect future performance. Some of those risks are directly related to correction, such as inflation and high asset valuations. Others, such as geopolitical risk and event risk, are resurfacing as the pandemic fades, and still others, such as the energy transition, are newly emerging. Counterintuitively, most U.S. consumers and businesses are well-positioned to adjust to life post-stimulus, but we worry about the direction of travel economically, slowdown, and the behavioral weight that that will load on sentiment. We see this show up in a variety of polls, especially those related to consumer and small business confidence and satisfaction. We worry about a Federal Reserve policy error, over-tightening financial conditions just as the economy is slowing. And ultimately, we see 2022 as a transition year from strong growth back to normal, from very low defaults back to normal. Expect plenty of volatility on that road back to normal. Now, you can download the piece for free off of our website, kbra.com, pull it off of our front page, or search under normalization. Let me know what you think. All right, on to our third thing. Watch out for falling cyclicals. Now, coming into 2022, it was hard to argue, though plenty did, that stocks were not fully valued, at least by historical standards. And so, as we sit here in correction territory, the bloom has clearly come off the rose in the face of slowing growth rising geopolitical risks, and the prospect of Fed rate hikes. Given the long-duration nature of technology names, not to mention strong outperformance in recent years, it comes as no surprise that technology shares have led the sell-off. But within that broader sell-off, we found it a bit unusual that sectors that are dependable proxies for economic growth, home builders, autos, consumer discretionary, small caps, have all been underperforming of late. Since the beginning of the year, the S&P 500 is down 13%, but consumer discretionary names within the index are down 18%, while autos and home builders are down 26%. The Russell 2000 is down 14% this year and a full 20% from its recent peak in November. And in credit, economically sensitive cohorts have not been immune to the risk-off move. Triple Bs have widened from 113 basis points at year-end to 143 basis points today while double Bs have widened from 194 basis points to 267 basis points. So there's a bit of disconcerting disconnect between what's happening at the micro level 
and what's forecast at the macro level. The Bloomberg consensus calls for 3.7% real GDP growth in 2022, double what the Fed thinks is the longer-term average growth rate. The growth rate for Q1 is 4.3%, according to the Bloomberg consensus. A real-time view of Q1 economic growth, however, is shaping up to be more consistent with what we're seeing in markets. The Atlanta Fed's GDP Now running estimate for the current quarter is 1.3%. And this is all before the Russian invasion, which is likely to amplify trends we see, including slowing growth, an energy shock, and inflationary pressures. So there you have it. Three things in credit. One, Russia. Representing less than 2% of the world's economy, its strong-arm tactics are an important part of a new world order. Two, normalization and the risks to credit. Our new research piece walks you through the great deceleration. And three, falling cyclicals. Their recent underperformance doesn't square up with macro views of economic growth. Don't lose sight of this trend. As always, thanks for joining us. Don't forget to check in on KBRA.com for our latest piece on normalization and the risks to credit, along with all of our latest rating reports and research. See you all next week.